Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. How many of you have had the thought, well, what's the point of feeling all this? and unearthing all this. What do I do with it? Right? And while I think it was reading yours in the last day was what gave me the idea to talk about this. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. We've learned to challenge our parents' reality and establish some emotional boundaries, you could say. That's hard work. Or it can be. But many of us are afraid to keep tugging on that thread and see what unravels. When your emotions are all out in the open, what are you supposed to do with them? All you have to do, as simple or as complex as it may seem, is to look at it, embrace it, and feel it, and to do so without judgment. Wishing it weren't there or wishing it were different is only unfortunately going to make things worse. This episode was originally recorded as part of the Claiming Self-Authority course, available at clearandopen.com. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. I'd appreciate it a lot. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. There was another one for me. The first one, I think, was when my mother was, I was late 20s. My, the first, yeah, the first one where I challenged their reality was where my mother was putting this, my, I, I, you, you know, I haven't talked to you in a while. I want to, I want to know more what's going on. I'm your mother. I worry. And I just felt the weight of this worry that she was yet again, probably, you know, the 5,037th time or whatever, using her worry as leverage to try to get me to behave differently. And it just came out of my mouth that said, I said, your worry and your, all of your emotions are not my responsibility. She just started to weep. And this little girl in her came out and started like protesting weekly and playing victim. And that was because I broke the contract in that moment. I broke a contract that was her, the little girl in her that was using me codependently to make her feel safe in reality. I said, no, that's done. And so her half came out and was trying to vainly scramble to try to get what she needed. Proof that the contract was sour to begin with. And in any family relationship, such things typically exist. All you got to do is know how to listen for them, know how to look for them. And it will change your very experience of reality. Go ahead, someone. What do you do if a parent has passed on? Yeah, it's harder in some ways then. You can write with them. You get, you know, you'd never... Isn't it amazing how good you are at channeling your parents? I mean, some of you ran into some blocks with that, but with some practice, you can 
you can talk to them. You can do that. It's harder. In some ways, it's more comfortable because at least you're sort of, I mean, you want to get to a place where you're channeling them in a way that you're not censoring it because it's kind of a goofy thing to let something come out of your own hand that you're not going to like, but it can be done. It can be done. Yeah. I just need to comment on the same. Now, with this um, uh, part of parents, uh, always, never, initially it was very tough for me because they are both gone. So to me, it was um, more of just leave them alone. You know, why do you need to get into that now at this point of time? Just move on. There's nothing yeah, to work on. But then the, the, the most, I would say, risky part was uh, me avoiding the, the negativities is the fear of reaching to old realizations, realizations of that that came out uh, based on whatever was going on in the family, hurt, love, whatsoever. So, so that real, uh, realization, I know it's there and it's not an overnight type of realization. It's an old uh, authenticated type of realization. And I was worried that it can come on the surface. Now, again, when, when you feel that it's coming on the surface, that you know that it's already, it, it exists, you look at all sort of emotions that were running in the family, like my type, of, my type of family, we have a massive amount of everything, massive amount of pain, massive amount of suffering, massive amount of emotions, massive amount of love, uh, strong ties. So that realization puts me in a place where, you know what, I think all these massive love, massive strong ties are maybe some sort of compensation given or provided by all of us, by, by me, by the siblings, by the parents. And then that compensation, again, connects me to the over-responsibilities, that like literally we are all over-responsible, doing the stuff that I don't, need, I, we, I, I don't need to do. And that, again, puts you in a place where, in fact, you're not powerful. You are, you are, you are not standing for your own. Mm. You are basically standing to do things for others or do things that won't hurt others. So it's all about compensation over and over, you know? Compensation for what? Compensation for pain. Like if there is pain, you will, you will compensate with, with the massive amount of love, emotions, care, you know, yeah. uh, paying attention to details, extra oh, of everything. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I get it and then compensation brings the over responsibilities that we all put together. So, so you reach to a point where you start doubting. Yeah, the fear of that realization was there because I don't want to reach to a point where I'm doubting the strong ties. I'm doubting the, you know, that they are they are there for certain reasons. You know, yeah, or or they are consequences of the negativities. Let's say. Yeah, what what I hear you saying the the theme that. Draw, goes a, it's a big circle. Yeah, the, the, the circle around all of the, the massiveness, I would say, is will. It's mm. will. Egoic yeah. will. Yeah. Um, just like the forcefulness, which can yeah. show up as care, forceful care, forceful love, forceful responsibility. But it's yeah. a, a summoning, a mustering of personal will that yeah. is really the ultimate medication for pain and tenderness, anything tender, because um, it's, it's a will over love issue there. Mm. That, that makes sense in all the writings that I've seen you do. It makes sense. 
And there was something you touched on in the beginning that leads to something I actually wanted to talk about today, which is I'm sure many, if not all of you are experiencing the concern, apprehension, if not fear of if I pull on these threads, what is going to happen? And I want to speak to that a little bit because there's a fundamental resistance, fear, apprehensiveness in the uh, our protectors that basically say we can't let ourselves feel everything that we feel. It's the fundamental sort of keystone of the dam. We cannot feel everything that we feel. And that would be an uh, interesting uh, sentence completion to do. If I feel everything that I feel, then you'll you'll get right to what that stuff is. But I'm sure you've run into that because all of the work that I've given you so far, a lot of it anyway, is inviting you. It's a a way to disarm the protector's mechanisms and sort of tunnel through the dam and let out the emotion that's there, but not being felt. So have any of you or how many of you have had the thought, well, what's the point of feeling all this and unearthing all this? What do I do with it? Right? Well, I think it was reading yours in the last day was what gave me the idea to talk about this. So I want you to notice that there's like, okay, here it all is. What do I do with it? Like, you know, now it's all in front of me. And there's this sense of like, what's the point if I can't do anything with it? And that's a really key moment because the protector doesn't literally know what to do with it. If they knew what to do with it, it would have been handled and it wouldn't be sitting there waiting to be extricated, right? The, all they know is it, it's like they all they know how to do is sweep something under the carpet. They don't actually know what to do with the dirt. So what the answer is, is going to be unsatisfying for you to the degree your protector is masquerading still as you. You're not going to like this protectors masquerading as you. The seeing of it and the feeling of it is what to do. There's nothing to do with it other than have it be in the light of day with some follow-up things you can do with it. But the, you know, as it said so often, sunlight disinfects. It's like, how do we disinfect? We'll just put it outside. Well, but now what? It's still all musty and moldy. We just put it outside. But then what? The sun will take care of it. Well, what do I do? Nothing. The you that has been sweeping it under the carpet can't do anything. But the authentic you who is capable of embracing it, seeing it, feeling it, without any amount of looking away or judgment or wishing it wasn't there, when you do that, you become the sun. But only when you do that, only when you are that, you see. So the problem is all of us to some degree are woven together with our protectors. So it's like there's the sun and there's the clouds. Well, the item is not going to get disinfected on a cloudy day. But then there's a sort of paradox because it's the willingness to look at it and to feel it all is what makes the clouds part because the clouds don't want to do that. 
They don't want to look. So when you find the curiosity and the love and the acceptance and the willingness to be with what is, you're anchoring your identity into the sun. You're being your authentic self. You're claiming your authentic power. But then the protectors in you will say, if we let ourselves feel this, we're just going to go into a pit of despair that we'll never emerge from. I'm sure you guys have heard this. Anyone who's taken the assignment seriously thus far has encountered this. Don't fall for it. It's the last defense, really. It's the best argument they have. We can't feel this. It will last forever. We'll just go in circles. Well, what they're really saying is that when we first buried this, we didn't know what to do with it. And somehow we know that we'll never know, so we can never look at it. I mean, that's like the same logic of keeping nuclear waste in the bottom of a mountain for the next 500,000 years instead of figuring out what's actually, okay, we didn't know in you know the 50s what to do with it, but maybe we should figure it out rather than just producing more and more and more and more. How's that going to go? It's eventually going to catch up with us. So it's the same, you know, in other words, what's happened with plastic, even bigger problem, plastic and nuclear waste and the waste product of burning oil, which has affected the environment, all of that, you see, it's exactly what people do. You see, there's no difference. It's just what one person does, all of us, on a global scale applied to other things. What about this waste product here that, oh, just hide it. Let the next generation deal with it, which is, by the way, what happens with parents. Whatever your parents didn't deal with, some of you are already onto this, they hand down to you, don't they? And whatever you don't deal with, if you have children, you will hand down to them. And if you are the leader of an organization, you will hand it down to your employees. Not quite the same way, but similarly. And so that's the shadow ethos in humanity is don't look, don't look, don't look. We'll deal with it later. How? I don't know. Just pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Pay no attention to the barrels of nuclear waste. Pay no attention to the actual election results. Pay no attention. Pay no attention. We'll sort it out later. Well, what about now? Let's look at it. Oh, no, we can't look at that now. We've got to unify the country or keep industry going or generate more power or whatever the thing is. It's the same thing. It's all an unwillingness to look at what isn't pleasant to look at. So you have the power to change that. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com review and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.